Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Awakening Her podcast. I am so excited to have this interview today and to share this with you. I sat down with the beautiful Laura Powers. She's a psychic medium and she has so much gold to offer us. She's so generous with sharing her knowledge and her how-tos and all the guidance that comes through. So in this episode, we talk about a lot from law of attraction, how to manifest, how to get out of your own way. She also touches on mental health, anxiety, and depression and offers a perspective that I have never heard. And I know it's going to be so valuable for those listeners that deal with anxiety and negative self-talk. We also talk about connecting to loved ones, spirit guides, entities, and as well as how to open your spiritual gifts, your psychic abilities. So I know you're just going to love everything Laura has to talk about as she shares her stories and shares how she's manifested working with celebrities, including Will Ferrell and Ben on media outlets and written books and how she became who she is today. So sit back and relax and probably have a journal or a notebook close for you to take notes and just enjoy this interview with Laura. Hey, Seeker, welcome to the Awakening Her podcast. I am so grateful that you've been led here, and I'm excited for you that you're answering the call to manifest more magic in your life by mastering the law of attraction. So cool. My name is Talia, and I'm committed to cutting the fluff and showing you exactly how to manifest more excitement, ease, success, abundance, confidence, love, and anything else you've been craving. So if you're ready to crack the code on manifestation, amplify your intuition and play in the quantum. We are now besties. Let's do this. Hi, Laura. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you're here today. I'm so excited to be here. And we're into this very powerful time because as we're recording this, we're right before Halloween and the full moon and there's just lots of psychic energy happening. (laughs) There is a lot going on. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, So I'm just so excited you're here and I can't wait for everyone to hear your story and for me to hear more of your story. So can you start out by just sharing with us a little bit about who you are and what you do and just a little bit about Laura? (laughs) Sure. So I am most known as a psychic and I had my start. um, I was actually born in France and was born into a abusive kind of traumatic situation with my father. And I bring that up because I think a lot of people that are psychic actually have some trauma in their lives. It's a pretty common theme. So left the France, moved to the United States with my mom and was very creative as a young person, you know, singer, acting, all the things, writing. And as I got older, my psychic abilities opened up and I actually thought I was crazy for a long time because I was very much like the kid in the sixth sense where I saw like ghosts as if they were live people, like they looked solid to me. And I sometimes had a hard time. It would lead me to do things like call the cops on a ghost and the cops would show up and there's like no one in the house because it was a ghost. (laughs) But I, I didn't know I could tell that other people didn't see what I did. I remember asking my mom when I was about seven, if she saw things and I knew based on her response that she didn't know what I was talking about. So I just like kept it to myself and, you know, just move forward in my life, trying to block out a lot of these things. And 
it amped up and got stronger and stronger. And then uh, when I was in college, uh, I got some confirmation because a family friend described a ghost that I'd seen but never told anyone about. So that was like, okay, this is great because that means it's not a hallucination, but also kind of terrifying because that means all this stuff that I'm seeing is real. And I didn't really know what to do about it at the time. So I basically tried to block it all out. And I was fairly successful in the sense that I did stop seeing and sensing things. But of course, everything was still there kind of interacting with me in a way. And so fast forward many years and I was living my life at that point very analytically. I had kind of put a lot of my creative side, which I think is is tied with my psychic abilities, kind of on the back burner. I was working in higher education, government and politics, was getting my master's degree in politics, got married and you know, was moving forward and kind of the life that I think I thought I was supposed to lead, you know, like, here's what you do, marriage, check, house, check, advanced degree, check, like all the things, you know, (laughs) official career, check. And then it just all came to a halt and kind of came crashing down during the recession. So I learned that my marriage wasn't what I thought it was. At this point, I was also physically ill. I was on sleeping pills because I I couldn't sleep. Uh, My contract position with University of Washington that had started during the recession ended and I was without a job for the first time ever in my life. So it was like all the areas of my life that you want to be good were terrible. (laughs) You know, love, health, finances, career. And I was just so lost. And I actually went to a psychic myself just because I was like, what do I do? My life is a train wreck right now. And she basically told me how when I blocked out my psychic abilities, and of course, I never told her that I did, but when I blocked out my psychic abilities, I blocked out what I needed to know. I basically blocked out my intuition too, which made sense. It was like, I was seeing some intense stuff. So instead of like seeing it and navigating, I was just like, let me just cover up my eyes. You know, like we we need to see what's there so that we can handle it appropriately. So that made sense to me. And I basically set the intention to open back up psychically. I had an incredible angelic visitation experience. So at that point I knew that I was safe and I wasn't alone and it was going to be okay. And I started immediately taking psychic development classes. And at the time, I really just wanted to get some semblance of control back over my life and feel like, you know, it wasn't just a mess. I never thought at that point that I was going to be a professional psychic. <laughs> like if you told me that, I would have been like, what are you crazy smoking crack? Like this is crazy because again, government politics, that was very much my world at that time. And I started the training and as we would do the training, you would do practice kind of exercises, readings for people and people started to say, wow, you're really good at this. So it just kind of fell into my lap in that way. And I did kind of go into it kicking and streaming because I, I got the message from my guides to do this for work. And I was like, nope, 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 nope <laughs> for a little while. But I've learned now that it just goes so much better if you just listen. So once I started really listening and just accepted it and went into it, that's when really amazing and magical things started to happen in my life. And all the things I've been trying to create through the sort of logical, analytical approach weren't coming together for me when I did that. But when I used my intuition and followed my guidance, then things came together in such an easier and more satisfying way. So I'm really passionate about teaching people how to do that. So I teach psychic development classes now, as well as I do readings for people. And that's sort of the the brief summary. And as I've gotten more into this work, I've also gotten more into my creative side. So I think they're very connected. So I am about to release my eighth book, which is on podcasting. I host several podcasts. I'm a singer, a songwriter, you know, lots of different creative things. And I really want to share that with people that I feel like we are here to manifest. We're here to create. And when we're blocked, you know, we're 
obviously not experiencing the benefits of that, but the world is not getting the benefit of whatever it is that we can bring to the world as well. So this is about us, but it's also about just the world as a whole, you know, just being so much better. Wow. Holy, thank you so much (laughs) for sharing that. Wow. That's just such an incredible story. And I know I can relate to the blocking out of the gifts. And I know a lot of my Mm -hmm. listeners can as well. That's come into my experience with clients and souls in my membership. And so I'd like to actually ask you about that. So if someone has blocked out their gifts, you know, say they're younger and it scared them. For me, I was always terrified that I was going to, I don't know why I had this image in my head. I was going to wake up in the night and there's going to be a ghost hovering over my bed. And I think I'd watch too many movies or whatever. And I also always knew spirits were around and there and it scared me. And I remember one time my mom said, if you don't want to see them, you can ask to not see them and you won't. And she's spiritual too. She's a Reiki master and stuff. So at that time I said like, I believe in you and I honor this, but I don't want to see it. I don't want to. And I really feel like it it blocked out a lot of my... Um, psychic abilities, but also intuition as you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So if my listeners can relate to that, um, what do we do when we want to start opening them up, but maybe even have a little bit of that fear still about not wanting to be scared, not wanting to bring in, you know, negative energy or whatever, what would you say that we can kind of do to tap into that? Yeah. First of all, this is very normal. I think many psychics or people that have intuitive abilities or sensitive have this experience. And, you know, I think it's important to understand that when we stop seeing or sensing, we're blocking out the good too. So we're blocking out our intuition and our intuition is one of the main ways that we assist ourselves in manifesting. So it's not only blocking the intuition, but it's also literally blocking good things from coming into our lives when we're shut down. So I'm a huge advocate of opening back up. And I understand that there's fear. I think a lot of the fear comes from a lack of understanding of how it all works. And once you start to get an understanding of how it works, how to create boundaries, then it doesn't have to be scary. So yeah, there's something scary looking slash unpleasant going on. Okay, how do you establish boundaries? So instead of like not seeing, you're just not seeing it because it's pleasant because it's not in your space. (laughs) So establishing psychic boundaries, learning how to clear, how to invite what you want in and, and release what you don't want into your psychic space is super important in order to feel safe when you're doing this. And the other piece I want to share is that so many people who have psychic abilities, we've literally been persecuted in past lives. And so there's a lot of like fear, you know, trauma associated with that, that we even unconsciously may be tapping into because we're not necessarily aware of it. And I believe that actually our psychic abilities and really tapped in are the strongest protection that we can have because we can see and sense when something is dangerous or when something is not going to be good for us. So when we're blocking it out, we're really limiting our ability to get warnings as well as to bring in the good stuff that we want to bring in. Wow. Yeah. That's such a beautiful way to, to explain it. And um, so how would you then create a boundary if someone's wanting to kind of open up their gifts is, can you just verbally state something or is there some sort of, um, do you, you know, would you see someone like yourself and talk about boundaries or how do you do that? Yeah. So first of all, in terms of opening back up, 
the setting intention is the first thing. Just set the intention to open back up and you can ask for positive, you know, influences to come in and ask for things that feel dark or scary to be shielded. But I want to share that, you know, our lives are, are very much what we are allowing in as a whole. So we can work on those spiritual boundaries. We can ask the angels for help. Archangel Michael is a very powerful angel for boundaries and spiritual boundaries in particular. But what we're doing and the choices that we're making in our life very much influence whatever is allowed in. So the analogy I give to people is our minds, our lives, and our energy fields are like a Netflix queue. Do you watch Netflix? Yeah. Yeah. So whatever you watch, you know, whatever you kind of say yes to, whatever you watch, shows up in your queue and then like to keep watching it or things like that. So if, for example, you want, I want positive light things in my life, but you're making some personal actions and choices in your life that are not that, then you're going to continue to attract the things that are not what you say you want, but the things that you choose. So that there's has to do with the spiritual world and the sort of physical material world. There's a very strong interplay. So for example, a lot of ghosts and these dark entities and things like that are not in a good space and they're kind of energy takers that they're lost and confused and need help. Are you the one that's always giving your energy away? Are you the one that's allowing, you know, uh, people that have um, kind of toxic energy in your life. All these things have an interplay in your spiritual boundaries as well. So the first thing is to develop awareness of it, set intentions for what you want. And then I really am an advocate of working for angels because they were so instrumental in my path. And if you're having a hard time with setting those boundaries, then you can ask the angels, especially for example, Archangel Michael to help you in the beginning while you learn how to do more of this on your own. Oh, that's so beautiful. I've never heard it explained like that. You know, obviously, I understand the law of attraction. I've been studying it for 20 years, and I understand how, you know, when we put out lower vibrations, thoughts, emotions, beliefs, all that stuff, we're attracting lower vibrations. But I've actually never thought of it beyond the physical realm that we're actually attracting lower vibration you know, souls, entities, beings, energy in all planes. And that's a, that's a really great way to think about it. Um, That's really cool. Thank you for that. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you really start to make those changes in your life? Like I, you know, obviously you've just shared your story, but what did you do in the beginning when you realized like all this stuff is not working? You went to the psychic. Like, what did that look like when you really started opening back up and choosing to create a completely new life, like professionally, romantically, everything? How did that, what was that like for you? Well, first of all, it's a huge learning curve. So I understand when people are a little wary of this because it's a, it's a lot to process. But if you call in your angels, get teachers. I'm a huge believer in, you know, getting the teachers. And that could mean, you know, hiring a teacher, taking group classes. That's wonderful. You know, reading. I mean, when I first started getting all this, I read like a book every day or a couple of days, seriously, on the psychic realm, angels, you know, spirituality, energy healing, all the things, you know, so do that uh, because you get little tidbits. And so much of this is about getting all these different tools to have in your toolbox that'll help you as you go along. But yeah, when I opened back up psychically, when I set that intention, it was kind of cray cray because I'm a clairvoyant. So I see things like very clearly. And so I was seeing lots of ghosts. I was seeing dark entities and it'd be like, I remember very distinctly one time, 
I was in bed and like I saw what looked like a little trap door open in my ceiling and this kind of gremlin looking entity. So there are these entities that look like the gremlins that kind of popped in and came into my room. And I was like, oh, hello. <laughs> you know, like, you know, but the thing is, once I had my connection with the angels, I realized that so many of these beings, they're actually very weak. Like the reason they're trying to work with us is that they don't feel they have their own power or they don't have their own power. So they're like an energy parasite. And once I realized that they actually don't have a lot of power and the only way they get power is from feeding on our fear and our energy, that really helped me to feel stronger. And also there's a lot of illusion. So if you're very clairvoyant, for example, it's important to really check in, like, is whatever you're seeing, is that really what's there on the energy plane? Because just like in the physical plane, there can be illusion. So one time I saw this being that looked like super crazy, scary, you know, demon with like red skin and the horns and like, oh, really scary looking, you know, <laughs> but the energy didn't match that. So I asked the angels, like, show me what this being really looked like. And he was like this little puny kind of thing, you know, like tiny, very weak and powerless. And so often we're just kind of taking whatever we're sensing psychically at face value without even questioning it. Just in the material realm, there's a lot of illusion. And the same is true in the psychic realm. So that's one thing that a lot of psychics don't understand the importance of really checking in to see what is true, even psychically. Um, Because once you learn to do that, it's a game changer because you don't have to be afraid of a lot of things that even look scary because they're actually not that scary. Once you, you take away all the illusion and also don't allow them to feed on your energy, which is where they're getting their power. So it was a big learning curve. But once I figured out some of those things, it just got so much easier. Because even when I was seeing and sensing some things that were pretty intense, I was able to kind of step back, look at it and be like, oh, this actually isn't that scary once I know what's really going on. Yeah, that is so cool. So it's kind of, is it like we project um, and it can kind of change form or illusion based on what we could be projecting? Like if somebody was terrified to open up their gifts, because even like me, it's so funny, you tell a story about laying in bed. I'm like, oh no, don't say, no, I'm just kidding. But if, if you're terrified of that, could you then almost change what that entity looks like to you because you're so scared that it's going to be negative or it's going to be big and scary? So then, like you said, you see something that's kind of big and scary, but when you take another minute to look at it, you realize it's not that. Is that from you? Is that based on your fear or what you're afraid of or you feeling victim to that world or something like that? Yeah, a lot of these beings are very telepathic, and so they can pick up on whatever our thoughts and triggers are. And I want to just share the idea that our thoughts are very often not our thoughts. And by that, I mean that they're not originating from us. So our thoughts are a combination of our thoughts, other people's thoughts, our angels and spirit guides talking with us, some ghosts over there, some entities, you know, it's like, it's like we're psychically hearing everything. And it's just like, if you're talking and I'm talking, I'm not taking ownership of what you're saying, right? You, I can tell that you're talking and then I can tell when I'm talking, but in the psychic spiritual realm or in your mind, it can all sound jumbled together. And for me, because I'm very telepathic, I started to be able to differentiate, like my, growing up, I just tend to 
thought, like whatever I'm thinking, that's my thought. That's what we're taught. And then I started to realize different tones of voices. And I remember one time I was like walking down the street and I had the thought and it was like cursing and racial epithets. And I was like, wow, that is not, that's not mine. And it was very clear to me. So sometimes it's very dramatic and sometimes it's not as dramatic, but all these beings are constantly basically trying to find our triggers. And when they find what that is, so whether that's a scary image or a negative thought about yourself or about another person, they just kind of keep hitting that button to try to keep feeding on that negative energy. Does that make sense? Yeah. So is that only though the lower vibration entities that do that? Like, is my Nana trying to play on my triggers and all that? So it's mostly just the sort of debris, the lower energy vibration, the ones that are sort of looking for that power, looking to kind of attach, if that makes sense. Is that sort of accurate? Yeah. Absolutely. The the beings that are gray or dark and don't feel like they have their own power are trying to feed on others' energy and power. Now, telepathically and through our, our thoughts and our mind, we do receive information from loved ones, like you said, from our angels and spirit guides, but th- that will be positive. So for example, a, a guided message from a loving angel or spirit guide or loved one will never be scary. Like that's just not how they operate. And even if it's something that's concerning, it'll be calm, you know? So like if there's something that's even dangerous or something, the angels will sound very calm, <laughs> direct, mm-hmm. clear. And if it's like, oh my God, blah, 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 you know, anything that's kind of that like anxiety, that is not coming from a loving guide. I love that. That really helps me because I'm on this journey of, I know things, I hear things, clear audience, a big one for me. And I don't ever know where it's coming from. So I'm actually working with a mentor to help make sense of my gifts and expand my gifts because that's one of the biggest things is I never know where it's coming from, but it's always um, well-meaning and it's always like this sort of grand um, vision thing that they need to hear. I will really be able to know what they're feeling. I can pick up on if it's grief, if it's lack of self-confidence, if it's wounds or whatever very easily. And then there'll be this sort of beautiful guidance that comes forward that I'm like, I did not say that. It was what I heard for you. And I've never experienced something negative. I've never experienced frantic or weird. It's always this thing. And actually, just as we're talking, I'm wondering if it's because when I was young, I said that in that thing, when I, when I decided to sort of block it out, I said, I never want to be scared. I remember saying Mm. that as I never want to be scared, please never scare me. And it blocked out everything for a while because I was just terrified to pick up on anything. But as I opened up my intuition, part of me healing from my eating disorder, I welcomed in warm, loving guidance. I welcome, and then I've done a lot of work with calling on spirit guides and angels and loved ones. And so it's always positive. I've actually never experienced something that I've been aware of that's been negative. Maybe there's been times when my I think it's my own mind and it could be something trying to get in, but it's always been that positive. And as you say, calm, very clear. And it's almost like this sense of like, say this, this is the thing they need to hear right now. And I'm so grateful for that. So it's, it's kind of neat to hear that, that, um, yeah, I'm just on my journey of figuring out where it's coming from and what's going on up there. <laughs> Oh, I love that. And I think just like you did, setting that intention and being really clear on what you want to come in is very, very important. And I will say, though, that when there's an eating disorder, there often are these kinds of beings at, at play. And they can some of them can be very sneaky, kind of like 
getting in there. So I've been shown psychically that when some people have eating disorders, um, there are entities that are feeding on that and even creating, for example, um, body dysmorphia. Like they, they basically can manipulate what we're sensing. Like I've had some pretty crazy things where I like see something and then like, it'll change. I'm like, Whoa, that was crazy. You know, where it's kind of being shown to me. And because I'm so clairvoyant, it's like easy for that kind of thing to come in. So um, anything that is creating like a negative feeling about yourself or others. And oftentimes that's the case with eating disorders. Sometimes there is a being that is at least contributing to that because I've been told psychically that our own uh, feelings and thoughts generally are usually pretty positive, you know? Mm. And so when there's something that isn't, that's not loving, there's often some kind of um, influence or manipulation that's coming in. Oh, that's so cool. As you're saying that, I feel the truth in that. And I can see myself and feel myself in that time of so much inner chatter and so much negativity. And yeah, I I believe that just as you're saying it, I've never been aware of that, but I can totally see that because the voice, you know, but so this brings me, this is interesting because this taps on sort of like on the here and now, when we learn about the human brain, when we learn about, you know, our beliefs, there's a lot of talk about ego. So I don't know how you could explain this, but is there anything you have to share about like, what's the ego and what's maybe other entities being sort of getting into us? And how do we differentiate that if that's even possible? Yeah, I think that is really a complex question, but I feel like a lot of times what we think of the ego is not actually us. It is these beings and kind of different energies that are playing with us. So for example, growing up, I my thoughts were just horrible pretty much all the time. And I think it's because I'm so psychic, I'm very telepathic, and I simply didn't know how to put up those energy boundaries or how to differentiate what was mine and what was not mine and then how to say no. And again, being born from a a place of trauma, you know, my physical world was very crazy and unsafe and traumatic. And so then my psychic spiritual world reflected that, you know, because I didn't have energy boundaries and I didn't know how to create it. So I was depressed and suicidal in middle school, you know, and now that I know what I know, I'm like, oh my gosh, so much of that wasn't mine. Like it just, I was just hearing it without knowing that I was hearing it. And so as I developed and got into psychic training and learned to differentiate what was mine and was not mine, I really felt almost like terror, like, like I was dying. But what I realized it was all these unhealthy attachments and things were dying. And so, but I I felt it like I'm an empath. Like I literally could feel all that. And I kept having to remind myself, I've got to clear this out. It's not mine, but it's still something that you have to process through and feel to degree. And so I think most people's sense of themselves or ego is not really created by just them. It's a combination of so many different things. Oh, I just felt so much relief for the people that are going to be hearing this. And I know that I have people that are also, my audience is highly sensitive, um, empaths, intuitive. And the part of that that I think a lot of them share is anxiety slash depression slash overwhelm, all Mm -hmm. of the things, you know? So (laughs) that's really nice to hear. It's like, it's not 
you. It's probably the majority of what you're hearing in your head and the things you're experiencing are not you. And so is there any more about that for maybe people that suffer with anxiety, um, particularly is what's coming up as being important to talk about, Um, and especially seekers that are on this spiritual path that are doing so much sort of in quotes, good work, right? Really trying to be aware of their thoughts and feelings and being beings that really are focused on joy and love and secret light workers and want to do all this, but they have this anxiety that just never seems to go away. And the, the sort of, you know, um, ah, the heaviness that that brings, is there something that we can share that, that can help them sort of detach from maybe what's theirs, what's not, or just again, how to work with their angels with that, how to sort of lift what maybe isn't even theirs. Yeah, so I think the first step is just to understand that it's probably not yours, at least all of it's not yours. So, you know, if someone's yelling something hateful at you, you you don't take responsibility for that. You're not like, I'm a horrible person for thinking or saying that. You're not saying it, but we do that with our thoughts. So when something negative, fearful, scary, angry, whatever comes in, a lot of times we can just pause and just reflect on that. Feel like, is that mine? regardless, do I want to experience it? Do I want to be in that? And just say yes or no. In most cases, it's probably going to be no. And then set the intention for that to be cleared or released and sent back to wherever it is that it came from. If you're very psychic, you might even take a moment and see like, where is this coming from? Is there an earthbound spirit there? Is there an entity? Is there maybe um, someone who's physically in your life that has this very intense energy and you're picking up on their thoughts, feelings, and emotions? You know, it can be a bunch of different sources or factors, but the first step is just checking in is where's this coming from? Is this mine? Do I want to experience this? And the answer is no, just set the intention to clear and release it and ask your angels and spirit guides for help with those boundaries and sending that energy back to wherever it is that belongs. What I usually say is angels and guides, please send this back to wherever it is that belongs um, into the light and permanently away from me. So just setting that intention, like I want to be done with this period. And I was reading the book um, by Eckhart Tolle. I think it was the power of now. And it was very profound for me. And I I remember reading it and just having this light bulb moment because he says in there, you are not your thoughts. And I think when you, you, when you stop taking ownership of it and identifying with that, that's when you can have a really profound shift. So almost like you're an observer, you're like, what is that? And you're kind of trying to figure it out versus like, oh my God, oh my God, this is horrible. I'm terrible, blah, blah, blah. You know, whatever is that sort of reel of thoughts going through your your mind. Yeah, because, you know, anxiety, the way I see it, and especially when it gets to be like full-blown panic attacks where it immobilizes you, um, it's a momentum. It's a momentum that you have believed the first thought and then you believe the second thought. And and so it's not a fault. There's no wrong. It's not like, you know, it, you're not doing good enough, but this is a really cool sort of out to remind yourself you're not your thoughts and then to ask for you know, anything that's not mine to be cleared. And I just feel, like I said, I just feel such tremendous relief. I don't personally really suffer with anxiety. I do have overwhelm that comes in, but I know so many people do. And I'm always really trying to figure out how I can help them and really tap into what, how I can help them because I don't personally, you know, often have anxiety. So this is such a beautiful tool 
um, to move through that and just to recognize that it's not yours. And, you know, you don't have to believe those thoughts. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. I'm really passionate about teaching this because I'm just like, wow, if I had known this when I was young, I had so m- many mental struggles growing up, you know, childhood, adolescence, and then into adulthood. And if you're struggling with like, how do I begin? Just, I really encourage everyone to ask and, and invite angels into your life. And especially Archangel Michael, he can be thought of as kind of like your personal bouncer. And a lot of people are concerned, like, you know, I don't want to bother him or he's he must be too busy or whatever. But like angels aren't limited by the physical reality. They can be in a bunch of places at once. You know, there's no limit to what they can give and provide. So just ask often, ask all the time, just keep asking for help. And it's a real game changer in the beginning when you don't really know what to do yet. Right. That's such a funny concept to me. It's like, they're busy. <laughs> I picture yeah. like my daytimers filled up. I, you know, yeah. I can't get to until January because <laughs> exactly. it's all expansive. There's no time. Mm-hmm. There's no lack. There's no limit. So yes, your guides and angels, definitely, even if they're being an angel and a guide to someone else in that moment, <laughs> they definitely have space for you. Um, they're not too busy. <laughs> I'm stuck in rush hour. I'll get back to you later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's so incredible. Thank you. So what would you have to, I'd love to hear your perspective on law of attraction and like making changes in your life and anything that you have to sort of, I know we kind of covered that, like opening up spiritually and psychically, but what about just straight up law of attraction? Like how, how does that work here on earth? Yeah, I think it's complex, but the basic principle is, you know, we, attract wherever we are energetically and our beliefs, our beliefs are huge. So you can be doing a lot of work, but if you're not shifting your beliefs, you're, you're going to have a hard time bringing things in. So I think it's a combination of setting intentions, being really clear in what you want, like placing your order with the universe, so to speak, and be clear, be specific. Like you wouldn't go to a restaurant and just say, I'm going to order some food. You're like, I want a steak or I want a vegan salad or whatever it is that you want. And there's no judgment here, but just be very clear and specific because a lot of people are very general with their requests and then their prayer or request gets answered. And they don't even necessarily recognize it. I want more money. You find a penny on the ground. There you go. You have more money than you did before. Like, you know, be clear, be specific, set the intentions, ask for help. Asking for help is a really important aspect that a lot of people skip or they don't know how to do. So ask for help from your physical team, you know, your the resources, get teachers, uh, and then also from your spiritual team. Ask for help and ask for help regularly, consciously. Work on clearing beliefs. Um, some of this has to do with intention setting. There's a lot of deep work that can be done in terms of shifting and clearing beliefs. I'm a big fan of emotion code. I don't know if you ever mm-hmm. experienced that, but that's been really helpful for me with especially clearing out like upper limit problems or beliefs about how something has to come in. Because, you know, the universe is incredibly creative in terms of how things can come in for you. It doesn't have to be just through this one path. So working on clearing beliefs and then continuing to expand your ability to receive. I think that's where a lot of people get stuck is like they feel they can only have so much or it's bad to have that much or they judge people that have this much or or whatever. And I did this channeling with Nikola Tesla and Tesla, the inventor, not like Tesla, the company, but Nikola Tesla. And he did said this awesome message that I just love so much. He said, most people are just trying to get their piece of the pie when there are an infinite number of pies. Like we don't have to keep it with others. Like there's 
all that we want in the world, there's it's there if we just are open to it. So I think it's not a you know silver bullet kind of situation. There's all of these different factors. We have to work on our blocks. We have to be clear in our intentions. We have to pay attention to what we're allowing in our life and continue to release uh, what isn't aligned. So it's a process. And if you're struggling in one area of your life and manifesting, I, sometimes it's you have to like work at a different area that maybe is a weakening or an open spot for you in terms of bad energy. So maybe if you're trying to bring in abundance and you're struggling, maybe it's your relationships that need work or maybe your health. So it's a complex thing. And I definitely recommend connecting with teachers and leaders who can help you identify and shift those things if you're feeling stuck. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you on that. That's, that's really incredible. Um, there was something that I was going to ask as you were, oh yeah, about the being specific. You know, a lot of different people say a lot of different things about this. And just from my perspective, I really agree and it resonates deeply to be specific because I love what you say. Like, I want more money. Here's a penny. And we're going like, but where's my thousand dollars? If you didn't ask for a thousand dollars, right? Um But what about when there's divine timing in play? Like, say I say, you know, I want to write a New York Times bestseller by the end of the year, but maybe there's other things I need to be doing in that time or expansion that needs to happen before I'm actually ready to write that or something. So is that like, just, I'd love to hear your perspective on that. If I say, I want to make this much money by the end of the month, is that just bam done? Or is there, cause I really intuitively feel like there's other factors at play. And so what do we, what would you say about that? Like being specific and what if it doesn't come through or what if there is divine timing and you're not actually meant to have that in 30 days? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's important to set intentions and yeah, the timing can be tricky, but if something is not coming in in that timing, then there's, there's either a reason that it's not for the highest good. Sometimes there's something better that we can't even imagine that's coming in, for example. And then sometimes it's that we have belief blocks, we have behaviors that are blocking. Addiction is actually a big thing that can block um, manifesting for certain individuals. And, and I also want to share that what works for one person, it doesn't necessarily work for another. And that's because we're all in a different place in our spiritual path. Younger souls, for example, can get away with things that older souls are not going to be able to like when a younger soul or for example, sorry, a younger child is learning to write, you know, they're not going to spell correctly or it's going to be kind of wobbly or whatever. And it's like, okay, they're just learning. They're not held to the same standard that like a college professor is going to have. Right. So that happens with us with what we can do and manifest at different levels. So it's really important that we not look at others to be like, how are they doing that? You know, and they're whatever, not doing these other things that are good because everyone is a different place in development and therefore has different standards. So it's complex, Mm -hmm. but I think it is really important for us to set that intention. And then if it's not coming in, look at one, is it really for our highest good? Is that something that really is great for us? You could be manifesting something that isn't really great for you or you actually on a true soul level don't want. Or is there something in us that is basically keeping that away, whether it's a belief or a behavior? And as we continue to shift those things, that's when the magic really happens. 
Mm, that's so beautiful. Yeah, it's like, it's almost like I, I like to call it like holding on loosely, like setting specific exam or intentions. But as you say, if it doesn't come, examining, just inquiring with curiosity, you know, is it something that I, I need to release? Is there other things? Are there other things going on that are preventing me and not being so fixated on that outcome? Because I think that that's something that kind of goes wrong in quotes um, with law of attraction and people watch the secret and they're like, oh, sweet, a million dollars, a million dollars. And it doesn't come. And then they're like, this isn't, you know, in the beginning, you're just finding your legs. You're just figuring out how it works. And I do think there are a lot of different things at play. Um, So that's really neat to, you know, hear you explain that. Yeah, I'd love to share a story uh, that I think relates to this too. And a lot of times when we're trying to manifest something, we are basically given kind of next steps to help create that. And if we're not listening to our intuition, we may block that thing from coming in without realizing it. So I started my company as a psychic during the recession. I mean, it was not an easy time for any business, but especially like a sort of psychic woo-woo business. But I started it and I, you know, starting from square one, like people didn't even think of me in this world. Again, I was in like politics and government and I was... I really needed money. Like I was basically just living off like retirement savings at that point. And so I had been asking my angels and spirit guides to help me, you know, get clients and get the word out about what I did. And I kept getting this message to do readings at a local coffee shop. And let me tell you, I did not want to do that like at all. Like I'm like, you know, still kind of nervous about, I could sort of officially come out of the psychic closet, but was still pretty nervous and kind of shaky about it, but it was so clear and I, I, I didn't act on it right away. And, and so I kind of put it off, but then I finally was like, okay, I just can't ignore this message that I'm getting. So talked to my friend on the coffee shop. She said, yes, I put up a flyer in the window to do readings there. The first day I was scheduled to do readings there, the managing editor of the local paper called and asked if he could write a story about me. He came, I did a reading for him. He watched me do a reading for someone else. And then two days later, there was a, a like two page story and the regional newspaper with my photo explaining what I did. And bam, like I, my phone started to ring. I started to get clients and like, I was brand new. So this happens a lot where we're the, basically our angels and spirit guides are like, here's what you want. Here's a step to make that happen. And we're just like, no. <laughs> and they're like, okay, we're trying to bring this in for you. You know, so intuition and learning to pay attention to that is super important because I now recognize how important that was for me. And it was also about moving through fear. A lot of times fear is what is ultimately blocking us from manifesting in one way or another. Mm, yeah, I can relate to that. Getting nudges on what I should do with my business. And I'm like, no, not that big. I'm scared to do that, <laughs> you know? So that's right. really interesting because when you finally listened, um, that happened to be the day that this aligned and this aligned and this aligned, right? So it's just so cool that even within that, it was kind of perfect, right? To take your time to get over that fear. And then when you finally listened, it was just like, bam, bam, bam. Yeah. And I think that's the case when we really step in and move through that fear and pay attention, that's when the magic starts to really unfold. And and the beautiful thing is once we do that, it gets easier to do it. Like it's a lot easier for me to take the steps that I've been guided to take now than it was when I first started, because now I've built this trust and I understand the cool things that can happen when I listen. And also the things that are not great that happen when I don't listen, because <laughs> there's those too. <laughs> 
Yeah, definitely. So how can we um, trust in that more, even just with simple intuition? I mean, I feel like I can hear the answer, but I'd love to hear what you have to say about that is when some crazy, it seems like a crazy idea pops in our head or something that's scary. Is it just about just do it and see how it turns out? Or how do we learn to establish that trust? For me, I feel like it's when I'm hearing something that is an intuitive nudge. It feels like this kind of like little whisper and it's kind of quiet, but it's persistent and it feels like a good idea, but usually it's my response to it. That's the fear. It's not the idea. It's like, oh my gosh, that brings up a lot of fear. And I've been given the message that if we're not at least a little bit terrified, (laughs) we're probably not working through the stuff that we need to work through. I mean, it's kind of like that walk through the fire. And by the way, I've literally done like the walk, walk on coals, walk through the fire. And it's, it's a very cathartic experience. So I encourage everyone to do things like that physically, as well as just kind of spiritually, like face their fears, because so much of what we want is on the other side of fear. So it usually comes in as kind of whispering kind of idea, this kind of nudge, And then if our response to it is a fear response, a lot of times that's a sign of moving through it. And with practice, I think you can learn to sit in that fear and figure out what what is that, where is it coming from? Is it true? Um, Is it based on reality? And so many of our fears have nothing to do with anything real. Mm. Yeah, because I know that a lot of people struggle with self-sabotage, right? And I know that that comes in in lots of different ways. We say, like, I'm going to start really taking care of my health or start journaling more often or I'm going to hire a coach. And then whatever, something comes in that goes like, you don't have the money for that. Or, you know, there's something else more important to do or procrastination or whatever. So how can somebody also, too, like... uh, basically what I'm saying is I know a lot of people in my community, they hear the nudge, they kind of actually know what they need to do, but it's years and years and years of sort of letting themselves down. If that makes sense. It's like not trusting in that and then not doing it and setting the, it's like the new year's resolution. Right. And then by February, you're like way off the track. So how do we kind of, if self-sabotage is a thing, what's a, what, what would you say to that to, Um, really trust in those nudges because I know my community gets the nudges they get the intuition they get the downloads but it's the acting on it and it's the breaking the pattern of years of not acting on it if that makes sense yeah well first I just want to share the message that when we delay these things we're just delaying our own happiness our own success and if we can just keep reminding ourselves of that I think that's very helpful I was doing a reading for a client and they gave me this lovely image this was um, towards the beginning of the pandemic and one of the things that's happening with the pandemic is like change is happening really rapidly right just massive and things that aren't aligned shifting fast like no longer able to hold on to these things that are out of alignment So the message I got from my client was the idea of like merging onto a highway, right? And you're merging on and the cars are going really fast. You're like, I'm just going to wait for a break in the traffic. And the guys are like, there's not going to be, there's not going to be a break in the traffic. So the longer you wait, the longer you wait, you know? So you can talk, you're telling me, we all have free will choice. You can sit there as long as you want, but then you wait and it's longer that all the good things that you want in your life are coming. So sometimes just reminding yourself of that is very helpful. And then the other thing I'd say is just the importance of surrounding yourself and being inspired and learning from those who have done it. 
You know, you don't have to do this on your own. Get a team, you know, join a group. You know, when you're you're not alone, it really helps to feel that support and also to have people model it for you that have gone through it before. And the beauty of it is now with podcasts and YouTube and there's so much information out there. So gaining that information and kind of energetically connecting in that way. But I think it, it is so helpful to connect with teachers and peers and accountability buddies and all those things so that you can help each other along the path. And I really feel like just find the teachers that have done what you want and then do what they, you know, suggest. That's where a lot of the problems are is people, they hear it and then they're like, no, I can't. And it's, I know it's hard and just take incremental steps. You know, if the one big thing seems hard, just do a little bit at a time and over time it will feel easier. I love that. That's so beautiful. Thank you. Um, So one of the last things I'd love to ask you about is channeling, um, connecting with loved ones or mentors. So I have some people that I've either known in this physical life or not known in this physical life that I call on for guidance. And a lot of people are like, how do you do that? And it's hard to even explain, but say Wayne Dyer is one of those people that I am, he's with me all the time. I feel it all the time. He comes in when I'm writing, he comes in, he, it's like, he's just chilling here with me. And it's hard to even describe how to call someone like that in. So whether it's, a loved one, or it's someone that you really want to channel their brilliance, their knowledge, their guidance, how would you recommend someone do that? Well, a lot of it is just through intention setting and making that invitation to that being. And the spiritual realm is an energetic telepathic realm. So you could, you don't even have to say it out loud. You could just think it, invite that person in. And I feel like there's a lot of very psychic people they don't understand how psychic they are because they haven't been taught. We don't learn a sort of psychic spiritual ABCs when we're growing up. And so we haven't learned to tap into these things, but even with a little bit of training, you can learn how to do this to your, yourself. And it's so powerful because, you know, when you're trying to do everything on your own, of course it's hard, you know, it's the same thing with my company. Like I have a bunch of people on my team now, you know, so I'm not doing everything on my own. And the, the more people spiritual and physical that you bring in to help you, the more you can accomplish because, you know, two brains, two bodies, et cetera, are better than one. Like there's just more effort, more energy going into that. So first of all, believe that it's possible. Just try it. Invite beings in like light beings specifically like if you feel connected with Wayne Dyer connect with Wayne Dyer Tesla you know archangels um any particular you know religious uh beings that you feel connected with Jesus Buddha you know whoever that may be invite them in and they're always wanting to help us so just pay attention to little messages that you get in your thoughts and also references in the world, things that keep popping up. Maybe it's a name or a book or an idea or a place or whatever that is. Just keep paying attention to the references that are coming up for you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I love how you keep mentioning to get supported because that's something I talk about a lot. And I used to not talk about it because I used to think, oh, they're just going to think that I want them to just hire me. But this is so much bigger than the one person you hire, the amount of money, like it's about support. And I always encourage people, like if you're resisting to get supported, why are you resisting to get supported? Why do you think that you need to do this alone? Why, you know, why do you prefer or not even because it's not comfortable, but why lone wolf it when you don't have to, you know, and I do, I've seen the value in getting supported and just learning about these things, learning about your gifts. And especially for my sensitive, empathic, intuitive, 
intuitive psychic people around me in the community, the people listening, when you feel understood, when you've generally felt alone your whole life, when you've generally felt like you're the weird one and you're too sensitive and you're hearing things and seeing things that, you know, like you're explaining at the beginning with your story, it, it's really isolating. And so making that breakthrough to get supported and to realize how much is available to you in the physical realm and in the energetic realm and it is just is an absolute game changer. And I, my audience are very um, spiritual, intuitive, and really up-leveling, really awakening, really stepping into those gifts. And so I can't even explain how important this is, is to do that. You're being called to do that. So do that, you know, having sessions with people like Laura and hiring mentors and just exploring, 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 and seeing what's right for you and seeing where you're taken to. It's just, that's what's, allowed me to grow. It's not all come from me. It's it's getting that support. And so I thank you for sharing that message because it is so important. You know, you can have one session with a medium that just opens you up to something new. And then you have another session, you find another mentor and that's how it works, right? Absolutely. Like you might get one little tidbit of information that is like so valuable. And I feel like we're always learning. Like I'm constantly taking classes, even still, even though I'm considered an expert and a lot of, you know, podcasting, you know, I've written a bunch of books, the psychic realm, but I'm still learning in all of those areas. Like we are works in progress and there's always more to go. So that's another thing that will sometimes block people is this feeling of like, what can they teach me? Or, you know, they kind of like mentally stop themselves. And I feel like we're always learning. And sometimes what you get from something is not even what you thought. Like I've taken some classes and I'm like, why am I taking this? Like everything, the the knowledge in terms of the content was maybe something I knew, but there's something about how they were teaching it that I was like, oh, I'm here to see how they're doing that so that I can do that. You know, so it just really varies. And it's important to, if you're getting that nudge, that feeling to follow it, and you may not know right away or maybe come clear later why it is that you were guided into that situation or that teacher or that course or whatever. <laughs> I can relate to that so much. I've done healing sessions and I didn't even know what it was. I actually did one not that long ago, just a few weeks ago, a theta healing session. And I didn't even know what it was. I'm like, but I felt so drawn. It was like my fingers were like, I want to book a session with you. And I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even research it. I just, she said something about like, you know, seeing beliefs or so. And it just was like, I don't even know why I need this. And then I went into it and it was one of the most powerful things I've experienced. It was so incredible. And it's led me to want to learn more and maybe even down the line, add that to my toolbox. And it's just been so cool. And so I, I definitely hear you on that. Um, you don't always know why you're guided, but it's like trusting that nudge, trusting the themes that come into your life, the things that sort of glow to you, if that makes sense. It's like you feel a buzz, you might, someone might stick out, it might be a repeating message and to really trust in that. Yeah. And the more we do that, the, the more magic comes in. And just to give people some context, like I've manifested some pretty incredible things, like, you know, traveling Tell all us. the time <laughs> normally during the, you know, not during the pandemic time. I've uh, worked with a lot of celebrities. I was on Will Ferrell's podcast as an example, like of something incredible. So travels, relationships, clients, you know, experiences, health shifts. Like I was very sick when I started all this and now I'm very healthy. And it's funny because I think I actually look younger than I did, you know, just because you're, as your energy shifts, your, your body shifts too. So whatever it is that you 
feel like is your dream, like just know that it's possible. Like the limitations are mostly in our mind and in our patterns. Mm. So was working with celebrities and being on Will Ferrell's podcast and stuff like that, was that a goal that you set out to do? Or was that just part of the magic unfolding of you being in purpose and being aligned with, you know, that energy of who you're meant to be and, and meant to become? Um, I feel like it was it, it was intentionally drawn in. I mean, it, I didn't say like Will Ferrell specifically, you know, but I had said I want to connect on some high level media. And I, one of the reasons is that I, I got the message pretty early on in the psychic work that I was here to help bring a lot of this psychic and kind of spiritual teaching stuff to the mainstream. And media, television, all of this is a wonderful way to do that. And my podcast itself has been an incredible platform. I've seen the impact of hosting a podcast. And not just in terms of being able to connect with listeners, but also I'm constantly talking with amazing people and learning from them. And we all learn from each other as podcast hosts. So yeah, it was intentional in that way because of First of all, it's just really fun and I love doing it, but also because it's just a wonderful way to reach and connect and serve my sole purpose. Right. So you had the intention to bring this to the mainstream at a high level, connect with high level people, but you also left it open to what opportunities may come in. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we get sent things that fit and suit us. Like, I mean, I think it's fascinating. So my undergrads in theater... I did improv for years. Um, I've thought about dabbling in stand-up, but I just haven't kind of pulled the trigger on it. And then here I get to be on this comedy podcast where I'm being interviewed as a psychic. So it was like all these different things, my my background and just fit together in this like really unique and special way. So again, for everyone, like you don't have extra parts and pieces, whatever is makes you special, that makes you special. Don't try to be something else, just be who you are. And the universe will respond and send you things that are a fit for you. I love that because we don't often know like, why am I into this or why am I into that? Or how can my art really make my, my brick and mortar business any, you know, how does this all come into play? And you don't even need to know. I just love that because I really hear that when you're saying that is that you don't even need to know consciously how it all comes into play. But if it lights you up, if it's a passion, if it's a talent, just know that it's all on purpose. I love hearing you say you don't have extra bits and parts and pieces, you know, it's all (laughs) part of who you are and it's all on purpose purpose. That's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I think we've just gotten the messages from society that, you know, certain things aren't okay or you can't make money in certain ways or blah blah blah. You know, there's all these programming things, these beliefs that we have to clear out and I think if you look back at, you know, when you were a child, you know, what drew you, what opportunities presented itself and it's so funny because like I remember one of the first times I was in the newspaper, um I was in 4-H and our 4-H, and if you don't know 4-H, it's it's like a, a lot of people in the country do it, but there's, you like go do things at the county fair and, you know, usually like animal raising, animal husbandry and things like that. But I did, you know, cake decorating and, you know, drawing and painting, things like that. But anyway, we had a 4-H fundraiser and um, we did fortune telling. <laughs> And I was in the newspaper as a fortune teller when I was like 12. And it just makes me laugh now because I was like, that was just showing me like, here's the path for you. You know, <laughs> It's just hilarious. But I always was drawn to media. I always was drawn to creativity and expression and, and just 
all these kind of unseen things and it showed up. So think about what it is that opened up for you when you were a child, also what excited you, what you were drawn to. And a lot of times that's the answer. It's just, we have to deprogram all the stuff that we've been taught. That's like saying that that's not possible or not okay. Or, you know, we can't do that. That's so funny. I can so relate. I used to take my mom's astrology books and like birth signs and stuff and birth stones. And I set up this table in elementary school and people would line up to get like their, whatever <laughs> I, I called that. it at the time, like astrology reading. I'd be like, okay, you're a Scorpio and you're this and you're plants and, this and crystals. And then I would tell their future. I'd be like, you're going to be this. And I remember that. And the other part is that I always knew I was going to be a teacher. And at first I thought elementary school teacher, cause that's what was in my reality. And then it was like, maybe this teacher. And I just realized now that I've stepped into that teacher, bringing in these sort of intuitive pieces and, you know, these pieces of who you are. And I look back and same thing. I laugh. I'm like, I remember kids lined up to get their sort of fortune read and their chart read. And I didn't know what I was doing, but I was so into it. And I believed <laughs> I in it. it, right? Yeah, <laughs> it was awesome. so fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, thank you so much. And before we go, is there any last tidbits that you feel called to share with my audience? Um, and just any last words of people wanting to make change or anything else that's coming to you? Yeah, it's funny. Right before we were started recording, I got this message that it was important for me to say this um, for some listeners. So it's really important that we take care of our feet and how we connect with the earth. And I know that sounds funny, but that is connected with our root chakra. And if we're not taking care of that area, it can really block our ability to manifest. So literally like pedicures, that doesn't necessarily mean nail polish, but like make sure, you know, everything's taken care of down there, you know, tidy and uh, cared for. Uh, you know, might mean replacing shoes and socks that are old or just don't suit your style anymore. So it's really just making sure that that way, that place that you connect in with the earth, which connects with our root chakra, our groundedness is solid. And if you're struggling in terms of manifesting or, you know, kind of getting ahead or whatever, that's a really simple thing that you can do. And then the other piece that guys want me to share is that manifesting is very much, it's like exercise. You know, it's something I think if you really want to create amazing things, like you're constantly doing it, you don't just go to the gym once a year. You're like, you do it regularly. So every night before I go to bed, I spend about three to five minutes doing some intention studying, gratitude work, um, thinking about things that I don't like in my life and kind of brainstorming and asking for help from the guides and how to change them. So it doesn't have to be complex, but just to know that it's a process and it's kind of like, you know, a lot of people are, they do one thing and they work really hard, like um, you know, work out really hard or, you know, spend really focus on a class like for one day. And then they're kind of like, okay, I'm done. And then they get frustrated when things don't shift. Like it's a gradual process. And if you keep spending time, focus and care on these things, you will see significant transformations over time. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. The universe very much reflects how we treat ourselves to us. Mm -hmm. So if we're wanting to get treated better by the universe, that's one of the first things for us to do is really take better care of ourselves so that we show the universe how we want to be treated. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Laura. Thank you for sharing your light and your messages. You're just, my listeners can't see you, but you're just such a vibrant, beautiful soul. I love connecting Aww, with you. Thank you. thank you. And so if people want to find you, which they will, where, where can we go and how can we find out more about you or book a session? 
Sure. So my website for the sort of spiritual healing psychic work is healingpowers.net. And my next book is actually on podcasting and I'm feeling to mention that as well, because I feel like there's a lot of people that are wanting to get their own message out into the world and clear their throat chakras. And the website for that is powershour.biz. And on social media, I'm at Healing Powers on Facebook and my Instagram is laurapowers44, the number. Nice. Four is my number. I love that. I will put everything also in the show notes. I'll put all the links there. Um, Connect with Laura. She's incredible. I can feel it. You can feel it. And um, yeah, thank you so much again for sharing your light and for being on the show. My pleasure. Hey love, I hope today's episode resonated deep with you. If you loved what you heard today, let me know on Facebook or Instagram at Talia Joy Manifestation. I love seeing the screenshots of you guys listening to the show as well as your big takeaways. For real, come hang out. I am so excited to expand my tribe and connect with you always. So until the next episode, sending you so much love and light. You are rocking it. You're exactly what the world needs.